0: Chapter Twenty-One of Beyond the Rocks: A Love Story by Eleanor Glynn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Amy Deutschler. Lord Brackendale arrived at his sister's house in Charles Street about a quarter of an hour before her luncheon guests were due. Anne rushed down to see him, meeting her husband on the stairs oh don't come in yet billy like a darling she said i want to talk to hector alone and the meek and fond lord anningford had obediently retired to his smoking-room well hector she said when she had greeted him and so you are going to the fitzgerald's for whitsuntide and not to Brackendale. mother tells me this morning she is in the seventh heaven taking it for a sign, as you had to maneuver so to be asked, that things are coming to a climax between you and Morella. Morella, is she going? said Hector absently. He had quite forgotten that fact, so perfectly indifferent was he to her movements, and so completely had his own aims engrossed him. Why, dear boy, Anne gasped, the whole scene, highly coloured by repetition, had been recounted to her, how Marilla had told him of her plans, and how he had at once got introduced to Lady Ada, and played his cards so skilfully that the end of the evening produced the invitation. "'Oh, yes, of course I remember she is going,' he said impatiently. "'Anne, you haven't asked that beast Wensleydown to-day, have you?' no dear what made you think so i saw you talking to him in the park this morning and i feared you might have i shall certainly quarrel with him one of these days you will have an opportunity then at Beechley, as he will be there he is always with the fitzgeralds anne said and she tried to laugh but don't make it a scandal hector she saw his eyes blaze "'He is going there, is he?' he said, and then he stared out of the window. Anne knew nothing of the relationship between Theodora and Sir Patrick. She never for a moment imagined the humble Browns would be invited to this exceptionally smart party. And yet she was uneasy. Why was Hector going? What plan was in his head? Not Morella, evidently.' but she had never believed that would be his attraction and hector was too preoccupied to enlighten her is mother coming to lunch he asked yes by her own request i had not meant to ask her oh well you know she is never very pleased at your having new friends and i thought she might fix mrs brown with that stony stare she has sometimes and we would be happier without her but she was determined to come it is just as well he said because she will have to get accustomed to it i shall ask my friends the browns down to Brackendale on every occasion and as she is hostess there the stony stair won't answer manage her as best you may said anne but you know how she can be now and then perfectly annihilating to unfortunate strangers hector's finely chiselled lips shot like a vice we shall see he said and who else have you got nothing of the harrowfield devlin crew i hope hector how strange you are i thought you and lady harrowfield were the greatest friends so of course i asked her no one in london can make a woman's success as she can or mar it so completely if she takes a dislike have you ever heard of her doing a kindness to any one i haven't he said irritably then he walked to the window and back quickly i tell you i am sick of it all Anne. Last night, whoever I spoke to had something vile to impute or insinuate about every one they mentioned. And Lady Harrowfield, with a record of her own worse than the lowest, rode a high horse of virtue, and was more spiteful than all the rest put together. I loathe them, the whole crew. What do they know of anything good or pure or fine? Painted Jezebels, the lot of them. Hector! almost screamed lady anningford what has come over you my dear boy i will tell you he said and his voice which had been full of passion now melted into a tone of deep tenderness i love a woman whose pure goodness has taught me there are other possibilities in life beyond the aims of these vile harpies of our world a woman whose very presence makes one long to be better and nobler, whose dear soul has not room for anything but kind and loving thoughts of sweetness and light. Oh, Anne, if I might have her for my own, and live away down at Brackendale far from all this, I think, I think I too could learn what heaven would mean on earth. Dear Hector, said anne who was greatly moved oh i am so sorry for you but what is to be done she is married to someone else and you will only injure her and yourself if you see too much of her i know he said i realize it sometimes this morning for instance and then and then he did not add that the thought of lord wensleydown and the rest swarming round theodora drove him mad deprived him of his power of reasoning and filled him with a wild desire to protect her to be near her to keep her always for himself always in his sight anne he said at last promise me you will go out of your way to be kind to her don't let these other odious women put pinpoints into her, because she is so innocent and all unused to this society. She is just my queen and my darling. Will you remember that? And as Anne looked, she saw there were two great tears in his eyes, his deep gray eyes which always wore a smile of whimsical mockery, and she felt a lump in her throat this dear dear brother and she could do nothing to comfort him one way or another hector i will promise always she said and her voice trembled i am sure she is sweet and good and she is so lovely and fascinating and oh i wish i wish too then he bent down and kissed her just as his mother and lady harrowfield came into the room anne felt glad she had not informed them they were to meet the browns as was her first intention she seemed suddenly to see with hector's eyes and to realize how narrow and spiteful lady harrowfield could be most of the guests arrived one after the other and were talking about the intimate things they all knew when mr and mrs brown were announced and the whole party turned to look at them while lady harrowfield tittered and whispered almost audibly to her neighbour these are the creatures florence insisted upon my giving an invitation to last night i did it for her sake of course so wretchedly poor she is dear florence and she hopes to make a good thing out of them look at the man she added has one ever seen such a person except in a pork-butcher's shop i have never been in one said hector agreeably a dangerous flash in his eyes but i hear things are too wonderfully managed at harrowfield house though i had no idea you did the shopping yourself dear lady harrowfield she looked up at him, rage in her heart. Hector had long been a hopeless passion of hers, so good-looking, so whimsical, and above all so indifferent. She had never been able to dominate and ride roughshod over him. When she was rude and spiteful, he answered her back, and then neglected her for the rest of the evening. But why should he defend these people? whom probably he did not even know she would watch and see then they went into luncheon without waiting for two or three stray young men who were always late and theodora found herself sitting between the crow and a sleek-looking politician while poor josiah extremely ill at ease sat at the left hand of his hostess anne had purposely not put hector near theodora with her mother there she thought it was wiser not to run any risks lady Brackendale was sufficiently soothed by her happy dream of the cause of hector's visit to beechley to be coldly polite to theodora whom anne had presented to her before luncheon she sat at the turn of the long oval table just one off and was consequently able to observe her very carefully she is extremely pretty and looks well bred quite too extraordinary she said to herself in a running commentary grandfather's a convict no doubt she reminds me of poor minnie borrington who ran off with that charming scapegrace brother of patrick fitzgerald i wonder what became of them lady Brackendale deplored the ways of many of the set she was obliged to move in delicia harrowfield for instance but what was one to do one must know one's old friends especially those to whom one had been a bridesmaid the crow who had begun by being determined to find theodora as cunning as other angels he was acquainted with before the second course had fallen completely under her spell no one to look into her tender eyes could form an adverse opinion about her and her gentle voice which only said kind things was pleasing to the ear pon my soul hector is not such a fool as i thought colonel lowerby said to himself this seems a bit of pure gold poor little white lady what will be the end of her and opposite hector with great caution devoured her with his eyes theodora herself was quite happy though her delicate intuition told her lady harrowfield was antagonistic to her and hector's mother exceedingly stiff while most of the other women eyed her clothes and talked over her head but they all seemed of very little consequence to her somehow she was like the sun who continues to shine and give warmth and light no matter how much ugly imps may look up and make faces at him theodora was never ill at ease it would grieve her sensitive heart to the core if those she loved made the faintest shade of difference in their treatment of her but strangers they counted not at all she had too little vanity both her neighbours the young politician and the crow were completely fascinated by her she had not the slightest accent in speaking english but now and then her phrasing had a quaint turn which was original and attractive anne was not enjoying her luncheon party the impression of sorrow and calamity which the conversation with her brother had left upon her deepened rather than wore off. Josiah's commonplace and sometimes impossible remarks perhaps helped it. She seemed to realize how it must all jar on Hector, to know his loved one belonged to this worthy grocer, to understand the hopelessness of the position. Anne was proud of her family and her old name it was grief too to think that after hector the title would go to evermond le meserer the unmarried and dissolute uncle if he survived his nephew and then would die out altogether there would be no more baron Brackendale's of Brackendale, unless hector chose to marry and have sons oh life was a topsy-turvy affair at the best of times she sighed to herself just before the ladies left the table, Josiah had announced their intended visit to Beechley, and his wife's relationship to Sir Patrick Fitzgerald and the old Earl Boringdon. It came as a thunderclap to Lady Anningford. This accounted for Hector's eagerness to obtain the invitation, accounted for Theodora's exceeding look of breeding, accounted for many things. She only trusted her mother had not heard the news also. So much better to leave her in her fool's paradise about Morella. If Lady Harrowfield knew, she said nothing about it. She absolutely ignored Theodora, as though she had never shaken hands with her in her own house the night before. Theodora wondered at her manners. She did not yet know Mayfair the conversation turned upon some of the wonderful charities they were all interested in and theodora thought how good and kind of them to help the poor and crippled and she said some gentle sympathetic things to a lady who was near her and anne thought to herself how sweet and beautiful her nature must be and it made her sadder and sadder presently they all began to discuss the ball at harrowfield house it had been too lovely they said and lady harrowfield joined in with one of her sharp thrusts of course it could not be just as one would have wished i was obliged to ask all sorts of people i had never even heard of she said the usual grabbing for invitations you know to see the royalties Really the quaint creatures who came up the stairs i almost laughed in their faces once or twice but don't you like to feel what pleasure you gave them the poor things theodora said quite simply without the least sarcasm you see i know you gave them pleasure because my husband and i were some of them and we enjoyed it oh so much and she smiled one of her adorable smiles which melted the heart of every one else in the room but of lady harrowfield she made an enemy for life the venomous woman reddened violently under her paint while she looked this upstart through and through but theodora was quite unconscious of her anger to her lady harrowfield seemed a poor soured old woman very much painted and ridiculous and she felt sorry for her unlovely old age and ill temper meanwhile lady Brackendale was being favourably impressed she was a most presentable young person this wife of the australian millionaire she decided anne took the greatest pains to be charming to theodora they were sitting together on a sofa when the men came into the room hector could keep away no longer he joined them in their corner while his face beamed with joy to see the two people he loved best in the world apparently getting on so well together what have you been talking about he asked nothing very learned said anne only the children i was telling mrs brown how Fordy's pony ran away in the park this morning and how plucky he had been about it they are rather nice infants said hector i should like you to see them and he looked at theodora mayn't we have them down Anne?" lady anningford adored her offspring and was only too pleased to show them but she said oh wait a moment hector until some of these people have gone lady harrowfield hates children and forty made some terrible remarks about her wig last time i wish he would do it again said hector she took the skin off every one the whole way through lunch but colonel lowerby told me she was one of the cleverest women in london exclaimed theodora and surely it was not very clever just to be bitter and spiteful yes she is clever said anne with a peculiar smile and we are all rather under her thumb it is perfectly ridiculous how you pander to her hector said impatiently i should never allow my wife to have anything but a distant acquaintance with her if i were married and he glanced at theodora Lady Anningford's duties as hostess took her away from them then, and he sat down on the sofa in her place. Oh, how I hate all of this, he said. How different it is to Paris! It grates and jars and brings out the worst in one, these odious women and their little narrow ways. You will never stay much in London, will you, Theodora?" I have always to do what Josiah wishes, you know. He rather likes it, and means us to come back after Whitsuntide, I think. Hector seemed to have lost the power of looking ahead. Whitsuntide, and to be with her in the country for that time, appeared to him the boundary of his outlook. What would happen after Whitsuntide? Who could say? he longed to tell her how his thoughts were forever going back to the day at versailles and the peace and beauty of those woods how all seemed here as though something were dragging him down to the commonplace away out of their exalted dream to a dull earth but he dared not he must keep to subjects less moving so there was silence for some moments theodora since coming to london had begun to understand it was possible for beautiful englishmen to be husbands now and then and that the term is not necessarily synonymous with bore and duty as she had always thought it from her meagre experience she could not help picturing what a position of exquisite happiness some nice girl might have some day as hector's wife and she looked out of the window and her eyes were sad, while the vision which floated to him at the same moment was of her at his side at Brackendale, and the delicious joy of possessing for their own some gay and merry babies like Forty and his little brother and sister, and each saw a wistful longing in the other's eyes, and they talked quickly of banal things. End of chapter 21